As the great independent director, Mr. Werner Herzog, once said, I despise formal restaurants. I find all of that formality to be very base and vile. I would much rather eat potato chips on the sidewalk. Hello and welcome to Potato Chips on the Sidewalk. I am Barbecue Ben. Joining me today is... It is um, Chicken Twisties Jacob. Oh, wow. Yes. You're in the real radio voice today, are we? I am today, yes. Uh, okay. So, today we'll be talking about uh, Lana Wachowski's The Matrix Resurrections. Which is the fourth entry in The Matrix franchise. Or fifth, if you count the Animatrix. I don't. Um, so... Or seventh, if you count the video oh. games. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> so... I think before we get into it, we should discuss our thoughts about The Matrix and the Wachowskis in general before we uh, came in to see this film. Jacob, what, what, what are your initial thoughts on that? <laughs> <laughs> Why do you say it like that? I don't know. Um, yeah, look, the Matrix films are fine. I, I, no. I think I think they're pretty good. That's a hot take. Uh, look, no, I mean I I don't mean that as like a negative. I just think they're pretty good films. I oh, think they're fun. hot take incoming. <laughs> I think they're fun, very well done, very you know sometimes a bit awkward, but that's kind of what a bit of their charm. But I think I don't know. I, they're they're really nice and playful action films, and yeah. I, I've I've had a good time with them, despite the Agent Smiths versus Neo CGI fight in Reloaded, which I always fall asleep in for some reason. What do you think, Benjamin? Well, what do you think of the Wachowskis in general after that? Can't say I like all of their work. I, I don't quite get on the revisionist uh, trail about things like Jupiter Ascending. Um, oh, Speed Racer? Uh, Speed Racer, uh, I, I think that's... That's, I don't think Speed Race is too bad, but yeah, look, I, I think Bound is a great film, their first film. I really love that. Um, yeah, no, nah, well, Cloud Atlas is a film I'm very intrigued by, but I feel kind of falls flat, but okay. I have heard there is a direct, longer director's cut, which apparently many consider a masterpiece. Oh, well. Uh, or that might be another film. What do you think, Benjamin? Um... So I think the first Matrix is a very I can see the praise for it, even though I don't love it as much as pretty much the entire planet does. Yeah. Like I think I can see how that was the film to change the action landscape for however many years. Like I like I can see the influence and I think it's very, very, very good. I just don't love it in that yep. way. And the sequels, I don't think I'd rewatch since I initially watched all three of them as a younger kid. Mm-hmm. Um, rewatched them all, all three in one day a couple of days ago. Same. Well, the, yeah. the day before I saw Resurrections. And I was pleasantly surprised with the sequels. I, um, I didn't love Reloaded. It's probably my least favorite of the three. It, um, the action is, you know, it's floaty. Like, there's no real stakes to it. I don't know. It's just kind of like when you make your Messiah character ascend to godhood at the end of the first film, you're going to have a 
like a, a like a hard time making me care about the fight scenes where he's not breaking the sweat or you know what I mean. Like mm. it just kind of didn't do much for me in terms of action. But as a takedown of the chosen one trope, I think it's pretty effective. Like mm. a lot of people make fun of the uh, the architect scene at the end. I think that's great. I actually think it works very well, and it like it it does turn the story on its head in a very effective way. And then I quite, quite, quite very much liked Revolutions, mm-hmm. which I wasn't expecting at all, in a way that it felt like a B-grade Return of the King to me. <laughs> and I mean that in the best possible way. And it kind of fixed the action problem for me because Neo doesn't really fight anyone inside the Matrix in that film, except for Agent Smith, who has the same capabilities that he does. So, like, it kind of just solved the stakes in the action problem for me that Reloaded had. And it's not as, I don't think is like, what's the word? Uh, Uh... I, I'm, I'm blanking on the word, which is ironic because it's got to do with like how, like, um, like the climax of Reloaded is two people talking about like, you know, like how the world works, and the, the climax of this one is a big punch up in the rain, like you know, like it's. I don't even know where I was going with this. Oh well, yeah. yeah, no. The look, the thing yeah. is, it's like I don't. While I might not love every decision in this. Sequels, and I don't have to love everything. No, you, you don't. Know, but it's just like, a, a film doesn't need to have it, <laughs> me love everything for me to be yeah. on board and respect it. But like, no, that I, I think especially in the sort of sterile, grey piss era of blockbuster filmmaking we're in at the moment, you know, um, I think they're very well done like very respectable respectably ambitious films. Yes. Yeah, like they um and like, I I I like it when they really go for the like the sort of indulgent sci-fi elements. I like the stuff like the architect. I like when I like the fixations on certain words and yeah, wait, ways of saying things. It's, mm-hmm, yeah. You know, you wouldn't mistake the Matrix films for any other films. No, like they're very they're very of their own ilk and Going on to my thoughts about the Wachowskis, don't really have much thoughts okay. <laughs> after that. Um, I saw Speed Race when I was younger. Um, I I watched Cloud Atlas. I don't really know if I've seen it because <laughs> I don't like. I don't know if I was paying too much attention. I've know I've watched it. I just don't remember anything from it. Okay. And Jupiter Ascending, I've never seen, so okay. I don't really know. Good. Um. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> No, um, so I guess we better yeah, go into our thoughts on the Resurrection. What did you think of the Matrix Resurrections? I think, I, I was, I saw this with you yesterday. Yeah. At a media screening. hmm And I walked out of it. hmm Next to me. Next to you, yeah. yes. Um, <laughs> of this film. And I felt, it was a strange feeling I've never felt after seeing a blockbuster before, which I was, I, di- I, re- I, I didn't like some of it, 
In fact, I think there were some parts I fell asleep, which isn't necessarily an insult. <laughs> but I know I'd come out and being like, holy fuck, this is like, I don't know, I was kind of floating six, five feet, feet above the ground. I was not expecting a film just to, this film to take me on such a weird, ambitious, genuinely romantic ride that it did. And I, I think I really, really liked it. Might be my favourite Matrix. I don't know. Oh. I, I also... I also know that... We're, I don't know how the reviews are going to be for this, because we are recording this before the embargo goes up, but I can't imagine it getting too much... I don't think it'll be universally loved. What did you think, Ben? I... I don't know how to describe this film, except... um. I can just imagine the first test screening for the Warner Brothers executives <laughs> and there there's tears streaming down their cheeks and they can just they just know that this film isn't what they probably wanted it to be when it was greenlit. That being said, this might be the last true creative blockbuster that we can we can get in this way because I don't think this is going to be happening again anytime soon. This is such. I, I did look up, and the the Warner Brothers execs in September said if they if the Wachowskis want to do another Matrix film, Matrix Five, they would. So. Apparently, somehow, I you know, obviously the initial Matrix are massive, massive financial successes. So I think they kind of have gotten a carte blanche. Pass. I, I just, but what I'm trying to say is, I just don't see how this film is going to make any money at all. <laughs> like, I it just it's tracking okay. Yeah, but like I, it just is such. An artifact to me where I think it's astounding in a way that I didn't love it, but I am so happy a, a movie like this was made in 2021. A $200 million blockbuster made like this. It, it's, it's honestly unbelievable to me. Yes. And I'm, I'm coming down on the side that I do like it, but I'm not entirely craving a rewatch. Okay. Where I... It did a lot of things where it's so creative and just new and refreshing and it's meta-commentary on reboots of it of its same nature i think it's pretty well spot on but then on the on the same like on the other side of that same page a lot of the humor about 2021 
language and Gen yeah. Z and millennials and the way they talk and like you know like the social commentary aspects didn't entirely land for me in the way that I think it was meant to but I think like it's like what it has to say I really like mm-hmm. I just don't like how it said it a lot of the time okay and uh, yeah. I I kind of get that and I do agree I think a lot of the Humor especially does fall quite flat. Yeah. With the, like, I think some characters say, OMG, or like... Oh, yeah, with the, yeah. Yeah, but it's just like, that stuff... But in a way, like, yeah, I I can't really pinpoint a lot, because honestly, the film was like, almost like a fever dream to me. Yeah. Like, um, that I was kind of just like... How do I say this? I I don't not going to call this a masterpiece. I'm sure some people. I'm sure it might actually. I could see a lot of people really thinking that of it or finding yeah. you know finding that and because I kind of can see it. It's almost reaching for it for me, but I know it's just so strange and it's like. But I I kind of like how messy it is. I kind of like that it's so inconsistent in quality sometimes. Like, I, yeah, I, that's I, what I said to you as soon as it finished. Like, if you, there was, like, a, a graph measuring my engagement throughout the film, yeah. it would be the most up-and-down sporadic thing yeah. you'd ever seen in your entire life. And look, once again, I, I, going back to this... I'd like to call this the dark age of <laughs> blockbuster cinema <laughs> because it's just Marvel and DC. I don't know, sometimes Jurassic Park... For some reason, the Jumanji films make a lot of money. Fast and Furious, you know, it's we're dominated by franchises that are just being done to death. And I like some of them. I like a lot of the films from them, but I just, you know, the I think this is just what I like to go to blockbuster films for as a kid and. I guess even now is seeing something I couldn't see elsewhere. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it's 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 there. It's unbelievable that this film exists in the way that it does, and seeing it on a, like a huge screen. Yeah, it's yeah. just like insanity to me. Well, visually, it blows every fucking Marvel movie out of the water. Like it's yeah. unbelievably good looking, and. I guess... I, I, I think we kind of have to... Yeah. We, <laughs> I don't want to spoil this, because, like, it, we are... No. Like, it, um, we are going to be talking about this before I, release. I will give a general... sort of premise, though, in that... Yeah. Thomas Anderson is, in this version of The Matrix, is a successful video game developer who has made... The Matrix. The like, Ma- his... <laughs> His gameography yes. is the L- film's... Ludography, is that what it's called? Uh, I don't know. Um, um, but, the, yeah, the games that he has made are the films that we have seen. Yes, and the the developer, which the film very, like, wants to say their parent company, Warner Brothers, <laughs> are demanding a sequel to this film. And they're going to do it with or without him. Yes, and... I think from that, 
the film's very blatantly meta. Yes. But for me, and then it's sort of a, he's being brought back into the Matrix. And, you know, there, there are a lot of sim- similar elements and those things the film does play with a lot because there are splice, often there are projections of the original films. Yeah. And, like, it's cut into yeah. clips to link them. Yeah. But this, the angle this one takes more than others, and, you know, I think the first three films, you know, you can say they're, they they have a lot of romance and the, the love story between Neo and Trinity are is quite a integral part of those films. Yeah. But here it is the... It's the story. It is the story of the film. And I, I think overall, because I don't want to get too much into it because I think people should yeah. see it for themselves. And I, I would love to do a spoiler discussion... Later on, yeah. Later on, once I think I've absorbed it more. Mm-hmm. But I think what we have here is a pretty staggeringly beautiful and messy and genuinely very upfrontly personal yeah film from Lana Wachowski where she's it feels like she's reckoning with the success of these films yeah and you know with this sort of way of you know making sequels you know sequels and reboots <laughs> like yeah um, um like sort of reckoning with that and even if she didn't particularly want to do it at first, she doesn't want to see it go away. But I guess the es- but it's almost her reclaiming the essence of what she found from the original Matrixes. Yeah. Which is this love story and are these true characters. It- it's almost reclaiming the Matrix from what other people have made it. Yeah. Around her. Uh, does that, I'm not sure. That's what uh, it feels like to I, me. I understand what you're saying, but I, I like I think that does tie into probably my biggest problem with this film, where it is meta and it is commenting on how these films are taken by the fans and how films like this are I wouldn't rebooted. Say, I, I, I wouldn't say taken by the fans, taken by the execs who... Yeah, well, who, who are trying to who believe they're speaking yeah. for the fans, but in that way, it comments on how these things are rebooted and how nothing really changes and everything stays the same, hmm. and there is no future looking forward. And in terms of uh, like compared to Star Wars, <laughs> of how the sequels, which I I am actually a sequels enjoyer and I don't want to get into that any more than just saying that where the status quo of the sequels in Star Wars is just the original trilogy again yeah and I think this film the Matrix Resurrections fails to differentiate its status quo from the original films. I, I kind it, of get that. But in a way that it's just like, it feels like it's trying to break away, but at the end of the day, I, I it just doesn't do 
and especially the final scene of this film, mm-hmm. it doesn't. It just it feel it feels empty in that in that term for me. Where like okay. in that in that very specific aspect, okay. where just in terms of the struggle of the world that they're in, the very end of this film made me feel like there wasn't a struggle. I, I, I'm not... I kind of come from it from a different perspective. Yeah. Because I, I get what you're saying, and... Yeah. Like, I guess I don't disagree, but I, the way I come from it, I think it's... I don't necessarily think it's trying to break away. I think it's about finding what brought you to this story as a creator. And this might just be me in my, I'm currently making a film (laughs) mindset, but, you know, I think it is interrogation of ourselves, how much creators often put themselves into their films. But I guess also just, you know, understanding that the films aren't just for the creator, you know? Yeah. Like, you, you hand off a film to an audience, but this, but, you know, the way The Matrix, people often think of it's a, you know, obviously iconic for its action. And, you know, I, I think Lana Wachowski really does enjoy the action and she does like those elements, but, I don't know, I feel like she kind of with this film sort of pivots what she really, at the end of the day, she takes away from these stories. Yeah. And I don't know, I think that's, it's almost a very beautiful thing to, for her as a creator. Once again, she, she, if she was hearing this, which I doubt she is because we're a small podcast, yeah. she'd probably go, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, <laughs> but like, like, but like that's, I think that's a problem with yeah. a lot of, criticism nowadays is that we whoa like as like as a medium in terms of criticism i think it's a problem where a lot of us myself included we psychoanalyze the creator yeah and i think it's inherent in just how the relationship between creators and content is content i hate that word but like just how that is Nowadays, it, no. it's a byproduct of it, and I don't necessarily love that. I, I get yeah. that, but I, I would say the film is quite upfront. And once again, no, I could be wrong. This is just what I took from it. But for me, it felt like a film about the creative process, and I guess sort of reckoning with once your thing is taken away from you, in a way by handing it off to the audience and handing it off to the suits and all that. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it just... I, I, I found it very moving in that regard. Yeah. Just, at the end of the day, I'm amazed this film exists. And I think regardless of what you think of The Matrix or its sequels, you should you should watch it. I just can't see my friends who have been begging me to see this fucking new Spider-Man movie so they can talk to me about it. I don't think any of them are going to watch this and take anything away from it. Okay, yeah. This is a mass audience. I just think this is (laughs) inaccessible to 
99% of the cinema going. Well, we had, a, I'd yeah. say, well, I think I saw a fair few walkouts at our screen. Yeah, there was quite a few walkouts, yeah. And this is a media screening. So yeah. Um, I respect the hell out of this film, but I think a total of a thousand people in the world are, go, are going to love it. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you know what? That's, That's fine. Worth, that makes it worth it's, it. It's, fi- <laughs> it's fine, but I just, the I think the money bags the Warner Brothers executives saw in their eyes when they greenlit uh, Matrix sequel starring Keanu Reeves. And Carrie Ann Moss. Yeah, I, I just think <laughs> they just, then <laughs> their expectations are going to be sorely just decimated. <laughs> anyway, yeah. I guess wrapping up. Um, yeah, go see this fucking bonkers. Go see it. Um, unique yeah. artifact. Yes. <laughs> it's kind of amazing, <laughs> in a way. <laughs> well, this has been Potato Chips on the Sidewalk. I've been Chicken Twisties Jacob, and my co-host is the lovely Audacious. Barbecue Ben. Um, <laughs> I don't know why we're ending it like this. It's currently exactly two hours from my 24th birthday. If you're hearing this, I didn't make it. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> okay, goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>